welcome to the Somerset Emotional Wellbeing Podcast. My name is Dr. Andrew Trasilla from the Somerset Clinical Commissioning Group, and I'm joined by my friend and colleague, Dr. Peter Bagshaw, GP and CCG Mental Health Clinical Lead. We're really lucky to live in Somerset, and our topic today is nature and health, and we're delighted to welcome Kristen Lambert and Sophie Burns to help us with this topic. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, Kristen, please, would you introduce yourself and then Sophie? Yeah, of course. Um, Yeah, so hello, I'm Kristen Lambert and I um, run the Somerset Nature Connections project uh, with Somerset Wildlife Trust. Um, So the project's been going for a little while now. And uh, yeah, I've um, just returned from maternity leave leave to a a lovely post. So yeah, I manage a team of about three people. um, uh, Yeah, and work across the county. Thank you very much, Kristen. Sophie? Lovely. Thanks so much for having us. It's nice to be here and have this chat with you. Um, I'm Sophie and I've been working for about 15 years in the voluntary sector, mainly sort of at the intersection of community, social work and nature care. Um, And I've got a particular passion for nature connection, having seen the transformative impact that's had on me and also some other people that I've worked with. Um, So this role came up. I'm the nature and wellbeing coordinator Um, working with the Somerset Local Nature Partnership. And it seemed like a really well-timed weaving together of some of my life and work experiences. Uh, The LNP, the Local Nature Partnership, is a group of organisations who've come together to place nature at the heart of decision-making in Somerset. And we have a nature and wellbeing group who are working to promote nature-based interventions for health and wellness. So I'm looking forward to telling you more about them. Well, nature-based interventions, that sounds absolutely fascinating. Give give us a a bit of an introduction to that. Sure. Yeah, so it's a bit jargony, but really what I mean by that is that we'd love to see green prescribing embedded in the NHS. So, for example, if you came to your doctor and you maybe had depression or anxiety, and if it was an appropriate intervention for you, uh, you might be prescribed the chance to join in a nature-based activity in your local community. So that could be, for example, planting vegetables at a community allotment or a local walking scheme, or maybe even sort of taking part in something that's a bit more gentle, like craft activities in the woods. And that could be prescribed either alongside or instead of medication. Um, It could also include conservation, practical conservation, like tree planting, which of course also benefits the local environment. So there are so many ways why we know this is a benefit. And I'm delighted that you say that this should be instead of medication. And uh, we've got the nice guidelines coming out and and they say not to use antidepressant medication uh, as the first line intervention for mild to moderate depression. So you're, you're absolutely in line with the latest clinical guidelines on how to deal with depression. Absolutely. And I'm so excited to see green prescribing being invested in by the NHS. Um, At the moment, there are research projects happening across seven sites in the UK. And social prescribing is all about relationships and community-based services. And it's really about, you know, embedding and building those into a holistic and integrated approach. 
Um, we've heard about um, the value of this from you now. Thank you, Sophie, on depression. Do you have to see your GP to get outside? Do you, um, you know, how can we connect with nature? What opportunities are there in Somerset, in this beautiful green county that we live in? Can you, can, Kristen, perhaps your turn to answer that and then back to Sophie? Yeah, sure. Well, as you say, we are so lucky in Somerset. We've got such beautiful landscape that just surrounds us. So wherever you live in the county, you're not far away from some of that beauty. Um, and we're also extremely lucky in Somerset to have um, lots and lots of exciting opportunities for people to engage with in terms of supporting those connections with the natural world locally to you on your doorstep. Um, so uh, Sophie and I work with quite a few different partners across the county that are doing just that, providing people with those opportunities to get out, explore their own kind of emotional, personal connection with that landscape. Um, so you certainly don't have to go through your GP. And actually, um, as we talk a little bit more about the project that I um, work on, we take referrals from individuals, we take self-referrals, we take referrals from all sorts of different people, from village agents, um, from open mental health services, um, yeah, right through to kind of, um, yeah, you, 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 could, you could refer yourself if you're feeling a bit low, feeling like you need to, um, yeah, connect um, with nature, then you can absolutely get involved. And there's, and it's not just our project, there's just lots and lots of opportunities out there to do that, um, whether it's practical tasks you're interested in, practical conservation tasks, or whether it's more of the kind of art, mindfulness, um, more of the kind of, uh, yeah, walking, whatever it is, there's an opportunity to connect. If I might just add to Kristen's, um, what she said as well, I'm actually doing this mapping exercise where I've got this kind of overview of all of the green activities that I'm being told about or that I know are happening in Somerset. And so far I've mapped over 50 projects and more that I'm learning about every day. Um, so it's an ongoing conversation and I'd be really interested to hear from anyone who wants to tell me about green care activities in their local communities kind of across Somerset so we can get a really good idea of what we're referring to and who can be referred to various different activities activities. Interesting. Peter. And Kristen, you mentioned uh, the project that you're working on. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, that would be great if that's all right. Yeah. So it's, as I mentioned at the top of top of the session, it's um, called Somerset Nature Connections. And um, yeah, so we're part of Somerset Wildlife Trust and work in partnership with the three areas of outstanding natural beauty. So that's the Quantock Hills, the Mendip Hills and the Blackdown Hills. So we cover the whole of the county with this project, which is amazing, really, because it means, as we've said before, there's there's opportunity for, for, for anyone wherever you live in the county. Um, so the project set up um, to work with lots of partners, as I said, and um, we have kind of two main streams to that project. One is around um, our weekly sessions, so our, our na nature wellbeing sessions. Um, so they, they run one session in each of the three areas every week. Um, and people can um, self-refer, as I mentioned, or um, have a referral from someone that's supporting them. And they're really aimed at people who... Um, have in the past or 
are currently experiencing um, mental health issues. Um, so often we have sort of anxiety, depression, but it can it can be anything. So we'd start before you come along with having a conversation with you just to make sure it, it's appropriate for you. Um, making sure you're aware that the sessions are all outdoors. There's no indoor space. You need to dress up, you know, dress warmly and have your waterproofs, etc. Um, we explain that there are facilities and um, there's a campfire. There's, you know, you can have cups of tea, those sorts of things. So we try and create an environment which, even though it's outside, is comfortable and has some of those home comforts for people. Um, so the, those sessions, um, we work with an organisation called Natural Academy um, and uh, they uh, have trained our staff um, and supported us with kind of shaping this project, um, in particular those weekly sessions that we run for people. Um, and so we shape because of that, we um, shape our sessions using the five pathways to nature connectedness, um, which is something that was developed by the University of um, Derby back in 2017. Um, and our sessions, yeah, are, are based on those which are uh, contact, beauty, meaning, emotion and compassion. Um, so we theme our sessions around those um, and work with people to connect with nature in those different ways. And we do that through lots of different activities um, and sometimes bringing in different people um, that we know um, to lead workshops. It might be something around um, woodwork. It might be something around singing or poetry, um, whatever the interest of the group is. Um, we work with each group to establish that. And those groups, people can stay with us for um, between six to 18 weeks. So at 18 weeks, we would support people to either um, move on to something else. As I say, there's lots of volunteering um, and other opportunities for people within nature and conservation in Somerset. Um, or we would support them um, to become a volunteer within our project um, and perhaps work on the weekly sessions or some of our other work. Um, so I said there was a, another sort of arm to our work, and that's our kind of community projects. So alongside these weekly groups, we also support um, bigger groups that might come to us for a shorter period of about um, three to six weeks. And we would work with staff. We might offer a bit of training to staff. Um, and we'd also work with um, participants and those that they support uh, to encourage them to get outdoors. So that might be within their own setting. So we might work within a garden area in an urban area, um, or we might um, take people out to a site that's close to them that they can access once we are no longer working with them. So the idea behind that is that we're supporting people um, and staff to continue that kind of nature connection journey for the people that they're supporting. Thank you. And you mentioned access and it reminds me that a lot of our patients, a lot of people have mobility problems or, or other disabilities that make it difficult to access nature. Can I ask maybe you, Sophie, what, what ways round do you find for those people? Yeah, it's a really good question. It's really important to bear in mind um, when we talk about the benefits of this work that it might not always be the right intervention for somebody. There could be loads of reasons why somebody doesn't feel safe outside or doesn't feel comfortable in nature. Um, that might be a, a physical disability or perhaps even an experience that they've had where they don't you know, associate feeling well and safe in nature. But hopefully with the right kind of support and really trained practitioners um, and you know that might be one-on-one -on -one support or it might be kind of being with somebody in a very kind of hands-on alongside close to them ways I hope that we can encourage activities that might reduce 
social isolation, loneliness, inactivity, um, mental health problems. And, you know, as we said before, this less medicalized community care sort of approach can help some people a lot. Thank you. I'm intrigued by the five pathways to nature connectedness. Contact, beauty, meaning, emotion and compassion. How on earth does this work? My logical mind is saying, Andrew, what's this all about? Whereas my love of nature and my love of music says, of course it's true. So where's where's the truth on this? Because I'm I'm slightly, I'm not stuck, I accept it, but I'd love to know more about it, please. Mm. Well, it's it's a way for us really to um, shape our our learning um, and our journey with and our connection with nature. And um, what we found in the sessions is that it's it's a nice way to introduce that idea to people that's non-threatening in a similar way that um, as we all know, I'm sure having worked in in the health sector that um you know the five pathways to well-being was such a big thing um for such a long time um and uh so yeah this is something that's that's really helping our project officers to shape our sessions so I'll give you an example I mean I could talk about this for a long time in terms of how we use those five pathways to shape what we do. But for example, um, in terms of the the contact, we would work with people around their senses. So how they... um, how how they engage um, with with that with the na- nature and locally to them. So that might be through exploring their sen- senses, listening to birdsong, smelling wildflowers, watching the breeze and the trees. Um, and we might lead a mindful walk, a grounding. Um, a grounding activity and this in turn would help relaxation and also something that people can take back to um their own uh, their their own um setting their home um so something that they can take take away with them from the session that's not just something that they do with us it's something that can be practiced in their everyday life um and and again things i'm just looking at some of the others so um for the compassion element for example we might do a session around um uh, practical tasks. So supporting people to um, understand how we can support nature to thrive by creating bug hotels, bird feeders, again, things that they can take home to do. Um, making a simple bird feeder at home um, encourages wildlife in your own garden, as we all know. So that's something that we can do and having compassion for nature um, through through creating something. Interesting. And That's absolutely fascinating, Kristen. And thinking about emotion and nature, I I suspect many of us go out in nature or we look at the the sky or we are lucky enough to look at the sea or trees going in the breeze and we feel calmer generally. But is there something, and I suppose I'm I'm asking Sophie here, um, I'll have to declare an interest at this point, Peter. I, I use rescue remedy and I have taught about bark flower remedies for a number of years. Is there something about specific flowers or specific plants or trees actually helping specific emotions? And if that's true, how on earth does it happen? I'm having to play the sceptic. Sophie, question for you. It's a big question and I wouldn't call myself by any stretch of the imagination an expert in that at all. I only know from my own time spent in nature how there are certain places, um, plants, animals, birds that have helped me at particular times in my life. Um, 
you know, there's lots of people who know a lot more about that than I do. But I think also when we talk about nature and wellness with most people, what I notice is that the benefits of this approach and that sense of connection, it, it seems to ignite some sort of twinkle in their eye or memory, even if it's from a long time ago or a different time and their eyes sort of light up. In fact, this morning I went to the swimming pool and I got chatting with um, an older man who just started going to a garden where his grandmother had planted daffodils and he went to listen to the birds just once a week and he said it had got him through the pandemic and it had got him through lockdown and he's now decided to buy some more bulbs so that he can get his kids to plant more daffodils with him so you know I think this this the sense of connection is actually just so innate in humans. Um, and it's just a question of perhaps remembering it or having kind of tools or approaches or support to access it. And it's a very natural way of, of belonging and or can be. That's really interesting. Sorry, um, Kristen, carry on. Uh, yeah, no, I was just going to add to that. And, and you saying about kind of, yeah, those um, remembering that connection and something that, um, so um, in a previous life, I um, worked uh, in the play sector, outdoor play sector. So I did a lot of what we're doing, I'm doing with adults now with children and young people. And um, often in terms to kind in terms of getting adults engaged in, in what we were doing and encouraging people to support what we were doing, I would, um, if I was at like parish council meetings or or funding meetings I would encourage the adults there to um to do a play memory exercise and often I'd, I'd get people to shut their eyes and think about uh, uh, their earlier sort of play memory and then um I'd ask people to put their hands up if that memory took place outside everybody puts their hands up if that memory took place away from adults everyone puts their hands up if that memory took place around a tree or water or a meadow you know, people putting their hands up. So that connection that we have with nature and our kind of playfulness around um, that is 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 just as as Sophie was saying, it's so important to our our well being, and, and it's just about tuning into that and connecting for each person what it means to them, um, and that that might be something very different for everybody, whether it is a certain bird song or a certain plant or or, or even a place. I think we can absolutely relate to that. Um, Sophie, did you want to uh, come in there? Just what Kristen said was so lovely. And it reminded me of this quote that I found a little while ago that um, I might read out for you. You can cut it out if it's not interesting. Uh, it's from Thomas Berry, who's kind of associated with eco-psychology and he's a cultural historian. And he said that the natural world is the larger community to which we belong. To be alienated from this community is to become destitute in all that makes us human. To damage this community is to diminish our own existence. And that has echoes of the, the John Donne, no man is an island uh, quote, doesn't it? So can I ask both of you, if you're happy to share, what, what got you into this field, uh, using both literally and metaphorically field, I suppose? <laughs> Um, I'll go first. That's right. So, um, yeah, I, my background, as I, as I mentioned briefly, then I come from a sort of play background. So, um, I worked in, uh, sort of the children's social care field for a long time, worked for Bernardo's for, for many, many years and ran, um, outdoor play sessions for children that for various reasons, um, were either excluded from school or maybe having issues, um, at home. Um, lots of different reasons people would, would come and get involved in the project. 
and and everything we did was very very simple um kind of using lots of loose parts we were often based in kind of empty fields that weren't very inspiring so we had to kind of bring in that inspiration but we noticed that just being in those outdoor settings people sort of came alive and that kind of opportunity to engage with others in those settings um connect with themselves and their surroundings was just a really good opportunity for um, kind of conversations to develop. And often things came up around safeguarding that we could then follow up. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed that work and saw how um, the impact that it was having on on, on children's lives, really. Um, and then from there, I've quite, I kind of stayed in the sort of health and social care sort of background, did quite a bit of community work as well, um, community development type work um and uh, yeah i then um kind of wanted to combine my kind of love of um working with people and supporting communities with my love of kind of nature and play outdoors and uh, and uh, so a job came up for me um working with the three areas of outstanding natural beauty um to run a nature and well-being project that at the time was funded by um public health in somerset so i ran that project for what was probably about 6 years and off the back of that i worked in partnership with Somerset Wildlife Trust, um, who obviously I now work for. And um, so the areas of outstanding natural beauty and Somerset Wildlife Trust put together a bid to the National Lottery um, to secure the funding for this Somerset Nature Connections project where I now work. So um, the, the current project that I work on, as I say, is, is lottery funded, but we also have um, funding from lots of other funders as well, including the Discovery Fund in Somerset, um, including Somerset County Council, um, including Hinkley Community Fund. Um, so yeah, lots of, lots of different funders have contributed to this. So that kind of just shows how um you know interest in this area is growing and the importance of it too and it's great to have you involved in that sophie what's been your pathway into this area um wow well hmm. <laughs> thinking about the play memories reminded me when i was little i used to love skipping with the butterflies it was my favorite thing to do and i think yeah, natural places, natural environments, nature has always been where I felt well um, and healthy. And uh, I also love horses and I have done therapeutic work with horses that has really helped me to kind of find emotional balance and well-being. Um, I also worked in community development for quite a few years. In fact, worked with Kristen a while ago. So it's really lovely that we've come back and all of our threads have come together and all of our passions. And um, I ran some projects through some training in eco-psychology. They were kind of outdoor ecotherapy projects for young people with mental health kind of struggles in Bristol. I've worked in Bristol for a long time. Um, and yeah, those threads have sort of come together and now I find myself working for the Somerset Wildlife Trust and the Somerset Local Nature Partnership, having just fallen so in love with Avalon Marshes and the kind of area around Glastonbury, which is just magical and beautiful. So, yeah, it's a really it's a really lovely role. I feel really passionate about promoting nature-based interventions. I feel really excited to work with lots of amazing partners and organizations who are all kind of behind that. And hopefully we can, you know, we can work in a community way to get that sort of deeply embedded within healthcare and community care and social care for Somerset. Thank you so much. And here we are talking about the concept of nature, but here we are in Somerset 
do you have any favourite places? So perhaps we'll go around the room and uh, ask Kristen, where's your favourite place or places in Somerset? And then Sophie and then Peter and then uh, I'll chip in at the end. This is such a hard question. I have so many favourite places, but I think um, uh, I, I love the Somerset Coast. I think it's it's absolutely stunning, and um, and actually I don't go there enough because it's not on my doorstep. It's it's somewhere that whenever I go there, I think, oh yes, I should should come more often. So that would definitely be a, a favourite for me. And I've also had. Um, I've been so lucky to be able to do some work and run some groups along the Somerset Coast. So that's been great. Um, I also have to mention um, Cothelston Hill because I've done quite a bit there on the Quantox as well with groups and had some amazing sessions with people up there as well as some lovely family times as well. So they would be two of my favourites. Thank you so much. And Sophie? Yeah, well, recently I walked the Sweet Track, which is in Avalon Marshes, and it's this 6,000-year-old pathway that goes through the track. And, um, yeah, it just sort of walked in silence and then got to the end and burst into tears and was so moved by how beautiful it was. So that would probably be my my place. Um, I also know a little waterfall that's just outside Stratton on the, on the Foss, um, but I'm not going to tell you because that's my secret spot and I don't want anyone else to know about it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Peter? Well, lots of lovely places, as you say, but, um, you know, we've had a couple of years, haven't we, of being very home-based. So uh, I, we're very lucky to live right on the edge of, of Exmoor. But I would have to say my favourite place is the garden, uh, which is pretty much what we've been confined to for the last couple of years. And we chose somewhere... Uh, that had a stream running through it, which isn't always a, every time of year is is not the greatest thing, but it's fabulous at this time of year. And we dug a pond and we've got ducks. And last year we had ducklings. So uh, my garden is uh, is my favourite place. And lovely to hear. Um, I, I, I cannot tie myself to one having lived in Somerset for so long. Um, I grew up near the River Isle, which flows into the Parrot, and that's just glorious. At Ham Hill, we used to sledge down as children on plastic bags. At Wayford Woods is a secret near uh, near um, Crookham, which is nice. I, I live quite near to Herne Hill, which is, uh, which is Ilminster. But I, I particularly remember a picnic as a small child on Burrow Mump. Looking out across those lovely levels, but I'm gonna I'm gonna steal one more. I mean, I, lo- I love Exmoor and the Quantocks, but and I live near the Black Downs. But I work for the West Somerset Railway as the honorary medical officer, doing the medicals for the firemen and the drivers and the signalmen and the guards. And a trip on the railway through the glorious countryside, looking at the Quantocks, looking at Exmoor, seeing the sea, is just a it's it's an amazing experience. And maybe it doesn't matter where the place is. It's it's what we bring to it, isn't it? As as you were mentioning, uh, Kristen and Sophie, it's it's that mindfulness that we bring. It's giving back to nature as well as taking from it. Um, compassion and and caring about nature uh, as well as just enjoying it. Absolutely, yeah. Ta- and, and taking it wherever you are and, and whatever space you find yourself in, just making sure that you're, yeah, kind of noticing and being aware of what's around you. Yeah, absolutely. So there's something about personal involvement, but are there any particular websites or resources or wildlife um, websites that we should know about? And we can obviously put these in the programme notes, but please do share the, the, the top few that you'd like us to hear. 
Um, well, I guess to, to find out a bit more about uh, the Somerset Nature Connections project, you can go to the Somerset Wildlife Trust website and find out more there. Um, so that's somersetwildlife.org. Um, and yeah, you'll find out information about how to um, refer yourself, um, how to find out about projects that we're running. Um, and I think there as well, Sophie, they can get information around um, other projects too. Yeah, so there's an interactive map on the website, which has various kind of um, projects happening across the county. We're looking at increasing that, growing it, making sure that we've got as many on there as we possibly can. And we will also be hopefully developing uh, a link, a platform through the LMP where all of that information is available in the next couple of months. So I can keep you posted as that as that happens. Um, I'd also mention the Somerset Get Outside campaign, which is a really brilliant directory of all kinds of kind of activities, things that are happening outside. Um, Yeah, check them out. That's great as well. Get Outside Somerset. Fantastic. And we're moving uh, into the the, the summer weather when the days are longer and it's all beautiful. And aren't we lucky to live in Somerset? And aren't we lucky that we've had the two of you as guests today to share uh, enthusiasm uh, and information. And we hope that everybody listening has, has found that useful. So thank you very much, Sophie. Thank you very much, Kristen. And thank you, Peter. Thank you very much, Owen. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Somerset Emotional Wellbeing Podcast, hosted by Dr. Andrew Tresider and Dr. Peter Bagshaw. The show was created by David Seeley and was produced by Rob Hunt's Music on behalf of the Somerset Clinical Commissioning Group.